Again, good Monday, Cougar Nation. Welcome inside Studio C at BYU TV for another edition of The Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's broadcast, we recap another thrilling overtime win for the Cougars with BYU's defensive and offensive coordinators, Elisa Tuiaki and Jeff Grimes. And we invite you to submit your questions for the coaches. Use the hashtag CCBYU. And your question may make it on the air a little later on in the show. Well, it was a great day for football Saturday and a great win for BYU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. First home win over a ranked team in the Kalani Sitake era as the Cougs go to OT for a second straight week to defeat number 24 USC. And to break it down on defense, we welcome in defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Hey, Good to be back. That was a fun one Saturday. That was good. Another fun one. You've had really back-to-back weeks uh, that are among the most dramatic you can have in college football. Yeah, I think when... You've got a couple of good teams going at it, then it's, it always kind of comes. It always comes down to the wire like that. What concerned you most about USC coming into the game defensively? Their their skilled players, I thought, were really good. Um, you know, they're, I know that the the freshman quarterback got a lot of accolades in the Stanford week, but we've uh, as we looked at it, we thought, you know what, this kid's going to be a good player, but right now he's still a freshman, and we uh, we wanted to put pressure on him by by really forcing him to make the, the tough throws, and. Uh, and really get the D-line's belief in three-man rush to just know that, hey, this is the game plan. You're going to relish your role. You're going to have to rush for six seconds while you're getting a double team. And I thought they did a good job, and they, they played hard the whole time, um, you know, just, just putting a little bit of pressure on them. But the thing, the thing too, that uh, I think a lot of times is difficult for, for uh, somebody to, to realize is when you're, you're a quarterback, there's always a clock in your head. There's timing routes. There's things that are that you're looking for at a specific time, and when it's not there, especially if you're a young quarterback, um, the clock in your head is like, okay, the ball's got to be out. I'm going to get hit soon. I got to scramble. I got to look for somebody else. And and we got we got uh, we got to throw a lot of the checkdowns, which is where we wanted the ball to go, so we can rally and tackle, and and we were able to capitalize on some of the throws that he ended up taking downfield. So you can be a disruptive defense without having to send a ton of guys and get a bunch of sacks. I mean, that's, you know, for, in our room, as we talked about it defensively, is, hey, we're going to pressure this quarterback by making him um, disrupting the timing in his head, disrupting the routes that he's looking to throw, and, dis- and, uh, and uh, pressuring him by, by making him feel like, okay, the ball's got to get out, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, making him make some, make some bad decisions. But also, I, I just love how the D-line played. You know, they played super hard. It wasn't perfect. We were playing a really good O-line, but, um, I mean, they, they bought into their role as far as just trying to find a way to pressure uh, a quarterback with three guys, and um, you know that that was a big difference for us was being able to say we're gonna we're gonna do this do this with three really challenge the D line and get after it. And even with three, you play a lot of guys up there. We did. We had to rotate them, and I mean the, on on the headset the whole time. I just said keep keep those boys fresh, you know, and keep them fresh. We get you know three four plays, get the next next few in, and we felt like we can go three four deep with with uh, three D linemen in the game. And, um, you know, just, just it was like, hey, keep those boys fresh and believe, believe in, the, in, the, in the game plan, trust the process, and just let them go and, and do it. So you bring up USC's Keaton Slovis, freshman quarterback, was making his first road start, and you pick him off three times. Uh, two of the INTs led directly to BYU scores, and then the third uh, seals the win in overtime. They were huge plays when they came and where they came on the field, too. Yeah, it was, that was huge for us. I mean, we, we, uh, we knew that the opportunities would come to us. We just... Uh, we just knew that we had to capitalize. And as we talked about as a staff, we, we thought if we can get a sack early and a pick early, 
it'll uh, it'll it'll put a lot of doubt in his mind as far as what he's seeing. And how good a grab is this by Peyton, by the way? I mean, it's unbelievable. He grabs the back end of the ball and uh, comes down with it. It was just really, really athletic move. But um, you know, even before the snap, his movement, the way that he was moving, uh, his eyes on the quarterback, all those things. I know Coach Lamb, Coach Itaka worked really hard all week. It's just those guys playing with good technique. How about this one? Um, you know, Isaiah looking at, looking up, uh, you know, the deep crosser, which is which is something that we worked all week, um, and just just executing it to a T. I mean, that's exactly how we how we thought it would end up playing out, and exactly the person that we we thought would be able to steal that one. Um, but, you know, it's tough for the quarterback to see that guy coming from the backside. And then the last INT you end up picking up is one that ends the game here. It is again just the credit to the backers, you know, playing with eyes. A lot of a lot of times when you're a backer playing with bad technique, those things are completed. But but uh, Kavika doesn't take a step backwards. He reads the quarterback's eyes. He jumps it, ends up tipping it, and we've got guys running to the ball. Um, and and that's when we end up coming up with plays. So on the day, you end up with multiple sacks, uh, five TFLs, two forced fumbles, five pass breakups, and we talk about the three picks. It's a pretty active day for your D. Yeah, yeah. I thought you know. If we could have came away came with the other two, the, the, the one that could have ended the game, I guess we ended up getting another one at the end of the game, but we, we missed two opportunities on picks that, that uh, one. Balls bouncing us, around and. Balls bouncing around. Yeah. One, one, we could have, you know, we gave up a big play. Um, just, just, uh, they ended up just making a great play. We gave a big play, but we came back and still could have got out of that drive with a tip ball and a pick that, that Diane ends up uh, missing. But. Um, later on, comes up with the same exact play, which I thought it was actually harder in the overtime one, the play that he made. And um, I mean, it was, it was just a huge day for the boys. Like, just really appreciate the way that they played and bought into the game plan and, and executed. And it was it was fun to fun day to be out there playing. So first game, uh, no takeaways. You take an L. Next two games, four takeaways. You win them both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of those stats that you look at uh, over the years. That just Besides the score, uh, maybe the most important thing. I mean, besides the score, telling the outcome of a game, takeaways is a big part of it, and uh, I think that showed up in the last couple of, couple of games for us. You mentioned how many guys you played up front, but really all over the field, and, and even, even guys who maybe weren't deeper down the depth chart, but starters that maybe were lesser names when the season began. Everyone knows about a guy like Dian Gamoliku, for example, but then Kovika Fonua is you know, most recently a running back. He's brought over to D. Uh, Peyton Wilgar, who we saw, Max Tooley. We said their names on the broadcast a lot on Saturday, but they weren't names that were maybe terribly well-known as defenders before the season. Yeah, Kavika, as you know, was with us and, and very capable of playing both on offense or defense. Thought that he'd do a good job for us on defense, especially with getting those uh, two grad transfer running backs and uh, being a little bit deeper in the running with the running backs. But, you know, getting Kavika back was huge for us. He's a great player. Um, but, uh, you know, going into the season, we, we had a lot of good young backs, uh, uh, linebackers. And uh, I think just for these next few years, you'll continue to hear about them just because they're, they're all good players, just young. Uh, raw to the game, but a uh, lot of upside, a lot of, lot of phys- physicality and ability with them. Okay, back to the turnovers for a moment. Uh, the takeaways are great, but turnover margin is a joint effort, meaning that O has to do its part. And these are two turnover-free games for the offense in these last two wins. Yeah, it's huge. And that's, it's, it's got to be like that in order for us to win. We've got to take the ball away, and the offense got to take care of it, which, which as a team, I mean, very, very exciting. We're playing good ball that way. Um, it just shows that we can compete. You know, we can compete with anybody if we're if we're playing disciplined, uh, good football, and taking care of the football. We'll we'll have a chance to win. You're so concerned about what's happening on your side of the ball and getting ready for your next series. 
Uh, what kind of appreciation do you have right now for how the offense is coming along here through three games? I mean, I, I, I love what the offense is doing. Um, the belief on the sideline from the defenders is is huge, and, and we're coming together as a team right now just because of that. Their, their uh, ability to drive down and score. I mean, you got, you've got uh, a quarterback who sees a one-on-one matchup and throws it to a receiver against some, you know, big-time corner. Um, and, and, you know, I know the boys just on the sideline are just so super pumped up about Dax catching that touchdown and seeing all the production that's coming out and, and uh, the belief in us, us, us coming together as a team right now um, it's huge. It's huge because of everybody doing their jobs. Right on. All right, as we uh, head to a break, when we come back, we'll see how BYU indeed again sealed the deal to defeat USC, and we'll get Coach Tuiaki's Defensive Player of the Week. As we go to break, though, a reminder about BYU football with Kalani Sitake. That's Tuesdays at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app, and then rebroadcast on BYU TV. Wednesdays at 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. More with Defensive Coordinator Elisa Tuiaki coming up next. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Slovis in the gun. He claps the hands, takes a chest high snap. He will throw quickly, batted up and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. The Cougars picked it off. And in overtime, they won it. Well, that was a late Saturday afternoon at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as BYU came back from uh, down 24-17 to defeat 24th-ranked USC 30-27 in overtime. First time BYU's ever played overtime games in back-to-back weeks. And Kalani Sitake remains undefeated now in OT at 3-0 and all the wins against P5 programs. Visiting now with defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and Kochi. Tough to top what you guys did at Tennessee in week one, but somehow it felt like you guys did it in, uh, in, in, uh, rather in week two, but did it in week three. Yeah, that was... It was, it was crazy just watching it again. It's just like, wow, that, that was crazy that, that that happened that way. But uh, so proud of the boys, so happy for Kalani, and um, super, super proud and just honored to be part of the program right now. Trojans came in as a top 25 team, so it's Kalani's first home win over a ranked team. And you've now played uh, good back-to-back-to-back teams. Tennessee didn't look great in week one, but they've gotten better as the season's gone along. I think that'll be an okay team when all's said and done. Uh, and you think, uh, just in terms of prepping for Tennessee, that was a good football team you beat. I, th- I thought it was a different team that we faced versus the team that we saw on film in week one. I, th- I thought that they came out with a, a, We got the best version of Tennessee, I felt like. I thought that they were a really good team and uh, looked better this last week. And, you know, they... Uh, pitch the shutout and it looked good against Chattanooga, but I think that they are going to be a good team in uh, the rest of this year. So then how did this USC team kind of stack up for your first two challenges then? They're, you know, different from the other two as far as just the type of game that we were getting, we, and we knew that, but uh, they were, you know, just super athletic, just, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of big physical players, and um, team rose, rose up to the challenge in order to play them. Uh, Jay Tufele uh, got a lot of attention on the D-line coming in. What was the plan for him? You know, um, I don't know what the offense did. Um, I, th- I think uh, Graham can talk about that. But I, I know that on the defensive side, you know, they, they, all, know, they all know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Lorenzo Faltea, Alden, Alden uh, Tofa, they were, they were in the same recruiting class. And yeah. so they all know each other, want to compete against each other, want to be better and um, you know, and so, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, you, you didn't want me, and, and, mm-hmm. and I'm better. I'm a better player than you are. You know, all that stuff's going on with all those kids. But it's uh, certainly, certainly huge for our program, for the state of Utah, for recruiting the state of Utah, um, for these kids 
that we get from the state of Utah to win a game like that. And you see a lot of kids from, from Utah leaving to go to other programs. It was huge for us. Uh, did uh, And this, again, he plays on the offense now. Was Keanu a guy that had a USC connection at one point? Was he yeah, even Keanu was, to them? Keanu was committed to USC for a while. Um, we came in just, you know, I think it was the last week or two and ended up getting him come on a trip. And his, his parents loved it and wanted him to be in this, in this uh, environment, wanted to be here. And so we ended up getting Keanu to come and, and he was originally a defensive yeah. end, defensive lineman, and now he's playing O-line. But his family moved, all moved over here from California, live here, and it was a huge day for them, too. You know? So now Keanu Saliapunga is a uh, starting right tackle for BYU. Pretty yeah. cool. Uh, so the game-ending INT, we saw there, field storming. And then uh, it gets put on hold. They say clear the field while they look at it on review. Did you feel the play would stick when they were looking at it? Uh, I, 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 was, I was crossing my fingers hoping, but uh, by that time, I mean, everybody's on the field. Um, I didn't even know my mom came to the, to the game, and all of a sudden my mom's like grabbing me and hugging me. I was like, hey, oh, hey, mom. <laughs> my daughters ran down, and so when they were announcing that, I, I told my daughters, you guys need to back up and, and go back up to the stands. And, and my daughter's like, how do we get back up there? I was like, I don't know. How would you get down here? you got to climb back up. And uh, when they announced that it was over, it was just, just watching the screen, watching the white hat make the decision. I mean, it was uh, just a big moment, big moment for the program, for the fans, for everybody. It was it was cool. I will say this. The crowd did a nice job of actually backing up, and get, at least getting onto the sidelines for a few seconds there before they got to come back out. So it was like a field storming part two. They did it all over again. Yeah. And uh, no better feeling. Yeah, mom, daughters, but, I mean, thousands of fans on the field. It's a good time, oh, right? That was so cool. That was, that was a cool, cool, cool moment to be a part of in my career, for sure. And, uh, you know, these are the things that, uh, you know, players and coaches take with them, right? I mean, it's, it's a top 25 team. It's a it's Saturday afternoon game. The fans rush the field. Um, takes a while to come down from that, doesn't it? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> going to church meet. I'm super excited to wake up at 6 a.m. going to church meetings, you know, just walking in with a little pep in your step. And it, it was fun. It was fun for everybody. I think it was fun for the state. It was fun for all the all the fans and, and uh, Cougar Nation for us, certainly. But um, then, you know, right now for us, it's kind of coming back to that high. But we've already, as a coaching staff, moved on and started prepping for UW right. and getting ready for that one. Good locker room celebration, too. It was, it was good. I tried to stay away. The last time I celebrated, Kalani had me jump in the circle to dance, and I tried to break dance, and I and I jacked up my wrist for. I mean, it was messed up for a good eight weeks, and so I tried to stay at, on the outskirts of those circles when Kalani's in there doing his thing, and just so he doesn't try to call me in there to break dance where I get hurt again. You don't you don't want, you don't want to break something when break dancing is what it comes down to. Yeah, that's yeah. normally what happens though for me at this age. So before we get to your players of the week. Uh, you had to use a lot of guys against USC, in particular, uh, a little deeper down the depth chart. Secondary, a little banged up coming in. The guys who had to play a lot of snaps played well. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the preparation of those, of those players to, to just be ready when their number was called was huge. And we put, put a lot of, played a lot of guys, a lot of down-the-line guys that didn't get as many reps as far as their preparation during the week. But they were ready when the moment came, and, and, they, and they played hard when they got in the game. Okay, now to your defensive players of the game. Tough to pick just one guy for Saturday because a lot of guys got it done, and you picked uh, four guys for us to look at this week. Yeah, I mean, it's when, when, you're, when you're beating a team like SC and you got, uh, you know, that, that, that much celebrating going on, and, you know, you can't, you can't pinpoint one guy, but all these, uh, I, I think we could have put more guys on there, but I decided to just, just go with four, and I thought that these guys all did a phenomenal job. Uh, some of them the best games of their career, and, and uh, it was just just fun to, to see them produce. 
Tyrus Tonga was in particular uh, just, just a real impact from, 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 you know, from where he plays inside. Not every inside guy gets numbers. He, he got numbers uh, on Saturday. He did. He did a, he did a great job uh, dominating the point. Um, you know, we felt like we, if, if they left him and, and uh, moved the guards out to help out on the ends <laughs> and left them one-on-one, that we'd have a matchup, not just with him, but with Lorenzo as well and Nysa Mahe and some of those other guys that are playing there. But, I mean, he was, uh, he was a beast. It's, it's really hard to stop a man that big that's determined. Those are your defensive players of the week. Uh, special teams player of the week we're going to have you chat about because he's a player that you see on defense. And Coach Ed Lamb gave us uh, Max Tooley for special teams player of the week, someone you see as one of your linebackers. Yeah, Max, Max comes in, uh, cares a lot about special teams, cares a lot about that phase of the game, and takes pride in it and came, went, went down and had, uh, had a tackle, had, a, had an assist, and just uh, played physical the whole time that he, he was on there. And, uh, you know, we, we appreciate all those boys. I mean, they're just... These kids are, are different. A lot of times, a lot of different teams, you get players that may may not take as much pride in special teams, don't want to be on it, want to save themselves for defense or offense, but we've got guys that are just uh, chomping the bit to try to, to get on every single special teams, and they take pride in it, and I think it's a special special group of kids that, that are like that, and are, are, we have players that are like that, and it, uh, always uh, you're always going to play good special teams when you have guys that, that take pride in it. Diango Moloku, one of your defensive players of the game, has, been a, has made a name on special teams as well. And uh, there's an award out there called the Paul Horning Award that uh, is, goes to college football's most versatile player every year. And, um, and he got on the honor roll for week three from the Paul Horning Award people because he was, uh, he was racking up tackles, he had the game-sealing INT, and he was scoring a touchdown in the scrum formation as a, as a back on Saturday yeah, as well. That's right. And he's, he's a guy that when we're trying to, trying to take a couple snaps off of him on defense, he... He'll uh, he'll get upset about it, uh, you know. He says, "Don't you can't take me off of this special team. You can't take me off of this one. Um, I need to be on this one." And so, um, you know, and it's not just the Diane. Diane Diane's a great player and, and uh, takes pride in it as well. But I think the team in general, uh, their belief in in Kalani, their belief in the system, their belief in just playing, is uh, is showing up in in the way that they play. Okay, uh, how good does it feel to be two and one right now after three games? Feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. Um, you know, we're we're excited at, at where we're at. Know that there are mistakes that that we have to continue to to work on and and build. But we're we've got another tough opponent coming in this week that we've got to be ready for. And so celebrating for us is technically kind of moved on. It's over. We've, yeah. It's over, and we've got to be ready. We're, we're we're geared up to to stop another great offense that's coming in. I think U Dubs offense is one of the better ones that we've faced in in, in the years that we've played all these all these other teams and. Um, schematically, they're they're always tough to, to plan for. Uh, Personnel-wise, they've got some some good players on that side, and and uh, they play with a lot of belief and they score a lot of points. All right, more Washington talk uh, coming up. It is break time. Though, and a reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads. JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. Coming up Saturday, it is BYU home to nationally ranked Washington. BYU radio coverage begins with Cougar pregame live at 1.30 Eastern. The kick at 3.30 Eastern right there on BYU radio. Coming up next, your questions for defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and a preview of BYU's game against the Huskies. You are in the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys.
You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW, the Burger Boys. Final segment now of defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki as BYU gets set to welcome in 21st and 22nd ranked Washington. Uh, Coach E, uh, you alluded to him already a little bit in the last segment, but uh, really good and really balanced offense, solid run game, tremendous quarterback, uh, good with ball security right now in the margin, uh, looked to be worthy of their ranking. Took a tough home loss to Cal, but that's a good football team. Really good ball team. Um, They've got uh, they've got good players. They execute at a high level. They're they're an offense as we look at it. Um, to us, you know, they they look really in sync, and so we've got to have a good good game plan together. And we've got to execute it. There are more guys to look at, but you can take a look at uh, quarterback Eason, running back Ahmed, and uh, wide receiver Fuller as the top guys in maybe each spot, and that's a lot of danger there. A lot of danger. They've got a tight end that can catch. That is a is a good player and. And uh, they've got another tight end that that's did a really good job last year when we played them blocking. And, and so they, they do. They have, some, they have some weapons that we've got to prepare for, and we've got to put a good game plan together for them, and we've got to execute it. Last year's recollections. Uh, you guys went up to Seattle. They got after you pretty good. Uh, what does last year have to do with this year? You know, last year, uh, I, I, we all, you know, defensively, we all keep a journal just as far as what the game plan was going in, what uh, we would have done differently in hindsight, and... Uh, the biggest thing that I took away from last year was um, we should have just let the players play. We put our game plan together and and uh, not not get so much into the he's doing this, we need to do that, and we need to protect the players by maybe doing this scheme and that. Just put our game plan in and let the let the players play. And so I thought that last year, you know, I I try to take it more on us as coaches, myself, that uh, we've got to put put more belief in the players and just let them do their deal and. And uh, you know, now moving forward in this game, that's that's going to be more of the game plan. We're going to, you know, we need, we need to put the game plan together. Last year, also, we lost Diane, we lost Zane, going in. We moved over um, uh, Matt Hadley from the offensive side just for that week, and so there was there was just a lot of uncertainty with with uh, on our side of it. Um, we we just feel like we need to go in a little bit more confidently with the game plan this week, just to to play a really good offense. Okay, so on that word confidence, how much does the fact that you just beat uh, back-to-back, you know, good Pac-12 or, or good P5 teams that uh, you know play into this week against Washington. Oh, it's it uh, adds a lot to our confidence as far as sticking to it. You know, sometimes when you start to hit adversity against good teams, you um, you know maybe a little bit of doubt comes in. But because of the fact that it came all the way down to the wire both times, um, I, th- I think it's, it was good for the, the confidence of the team to know that. We've, we've got to continue to fight. We've got to continue to fight and just push all the way to the end. And uh, we'll see what happens at the end. It ended up happening for us in our favor both times. But that, uh, that, those kind of games really help you with your, with your confidence and your belief. Um, you know, whereas vice versa, if it ended up happening the other way where things start to go downhill and then ends up being a blowout, you just, you know, you hit adversity and there's always kind of that thought like, are we going through this again or are we going to fight to the end? And, and right now the team is, is uh, their belief level in Kalani, their belief in themselves, their belief is in each other. The offense believing in the defense, defense believing in the offense, and the whole team's special teams, it's, it's very high right now. And so we've got to continue to ride that wave and, and uh, practice that way and get them prepared for this next game that way. So you're into UW game prep right now, and even though USC's in the rear view, it's still pretty fresh. Where does UW, where are they most different maybe from USC in terms of having to defend a team? Uh, schematically, they're different. Um, you know, when you're when you're facing an air, air raid team um, like like USC, uh, I guess the the challenge for us was, and everybody saw it on film. We're, we're daring you to run it. 
and we're we're challenging our D linemen to stop the run in a three down front. And um, you know, the, I guess the challenge to, to USC was, um, are you are you willing to stick to the run, or are you going to abandon it and go back to what you think you, you you need to be doing, which is passing it? And that's exactly what we felt like we needed to challenge them to. And and uh, it was kind of the battle of wills. We're gonna we're gonna stick to this, and we feel like you're not going to stick to to running the ball. But I think you dub if you give them that, they're going to run the ball and they're going to stick to it and and they believe in running it um, and they believe in being balanced and taking the shots and so we've got to have a different plan and um, and stopping the run and getting ready for their shots and stopping the athletes, the big playmakers and so we have to be a little bit more balanced in our in our approach this week, getting ready for them. Um, but uh, you know, it's they've they've shown that they can they can do a bunch of different things schematically and they can make a lot of big plays in the run and the pass so we've got to be ready for it okay to social media for coach tuiaki from sean nielsen says coach what defensive changes or adjustments were helped or were made to help create saturday's takeaways or were they down more to individually great reactions and plays a little bit of both you know i thought the players just played well the players played well and and reacted well and and uh technically were a lot better than they have been in, in the previous games um, and then the other thing too, you know, we just we threw a couple of wrinkles in there just just to uh, change things up and and uh, maybe make it a little bit harder for them to run if we felt like they were going to going to stick to the run. But um, there were a couple of schematical changes, but mostly it was just was just the players making plays. Okay, good stuff this week. We'll give you a next. We'll give you a, we'll give you a coordinator's corner bye week next week, and we'll see you in a couple. All right. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. All right. That is Coach Elisa Tuiaki. BYU TV will get you set for BYU and Washington this Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Watch Countdown to Kickoff Saturday at 2:30 Eastern, 11:30 a.m. Pacific. The game on ABC or ESPN2, depending on where you live, and it's also on BYU Radio. Then BYU TV is back on the air for post-game coverage right after the final whistle. Coming up next, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joining us in the coordinator's corner. We are live from Studio C on BYU TV. We're back with more right after this. Trips left, twins right, empty, quarterback draw. Wilson 15-10, Wilson on his feet, five, on his feet, touchdown! Into the end zone he goes, and the Cougars take the lead! You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys, and that was BYU quarterback Zach Wilson scoring on a QB draw to give BYU a late lead on Saturday against USC. The game would go to overtime, or BYU would win it 30-27, to back-to-back overtime victories for the Cougs, who are now 2-1 and on the season. With that, we say hello again to offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Congrats on a huge win in front of a huge crowd. Most of which ended up on the field, it seemed, after. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It was fun to watch. Now, you're upstairs. Uh, you don't get to join the celebration for a little bit. Once you got down, was it still going pretty good? Yeah, it was. It took me, it took me a little bit to get through the crowd and into the locker room. Honestly, I sat there. Um, it takes me a couple minutes to, to decompress after a game of that magnitude. Um, but I just sat there and watched it for a few minutes and really kind of enjoyed just watching the, the people just spill over the, over the edges of the stadium onto the field. It was, a, it was a really cool scene. Then they got backed off for the review. Then they got to come on again. Yeah. yeah. Did you think it was, uh, I mean, do you think it was a good pick when you saw it? Was it going to stick or how do you? Honestly, I, I, I didn't see it. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the next right, right. time already. You know, I, I just people ask me sometimes, what about that play that our defense made? And I just know our defense played really good and kept <laughs> us in the game till the end. And um, I, I, uh, I didn't see it until later. I saw the replay, but I'm trying to figure out what play right. I'm going to call the next time we're up. Because your next series is around the bend. At least That's it was right. going to be. Yeah. Uh, what did you think had to happen uh, for things to go the way you wanted them to go on Saturday? 
Um, well, obviously USC's a very talented team, and I felt like we had to match their playmakers with some plays of our own, which we did. Um, I thought we had to control the things that we can control. One of the things that that we've preached all season is is the things that that we can manage. We've got to be reliable in that regard, and so not turning the football over, although we were close on a couple, a couple of tip balls, not turning the football over and not having any pre-snap penalties, I thought really helped us on offense. In our last visit together uh, after the Utah game, we talked about how almost nothing else mattered more than turnover margin in that opener. Since then, you've had zero offensive turnovers and then four huge takeaways in prime scoring territory by that BYU defense. Yeah, it's, it's been huge. It's been the difference in, in, in those two games, I think, and our defense has done a great job. Um, giving us the ball in an advantageous position. Honestly, we need to do an even better job of getting touchdowns when that happens. And you've gotten, I think, maybe of the four, two touchdowns, two field goals, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, two touchdowns and a field goal, and then the game-sealing uh, interception that ended in overtime. Yeah. Uh, you scored your first touchdown Saturday on scrum formation. Uh, this right after Tyson was ruled just shy uh, of the goal line. You end the first quarter leading 10-7. At 10-all, you go up a touchdown on a really nice throw from Zach to Dax Mill. Yeah, that was, that was a play that we had... We felt confident in um, in that situation. It was a, a third and medium situation, I think, and we felt confident they were going to play man and felt like Dax could win in that matchup. And, uh, and he did, although not by a large margin. He won, got a nice release, and created a little separation. And, you know, it, it's a great throw and a great catch. And, and the guy actually covered him pretty well. But... It was an even better throw and catch. And Zach really drops it in nicely. And uh, Dax was uh, your most popular third down target Saturday. And you mentioned that came on a third and medium. And Dax scores there. And again, whether it was, we were talking with E about some maybe understated defenders like Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley that people might not have thought a lot about before the season. Dax Milne is somebody that uh, came in here as a walk-on, has earned a scholarship, and is a, a really proven route runner and ball catcher for you. He's a, he's a great player. He really is. He's undervalued, and a lot of people just just see his stature and, and don't think of him as a big play um, type receiver, but, but I think he is, and, um, and he's really, really developed. BYU did lead after one quarter. BYU, by the way, in the Sataka era, 8-3 and three now in leading after that first quarter. Tie game at halftime, 17-all. Uh, How was your mood at the break? Um, I was honestly really excited about we were, where we were at that point, but felt like we could, could, have, could even have more points, and I, and I felt like we had some things that, that we still had in store that we hadn't really used um, in the second half, and so we talked about that with the guys at, at halftime, and I think they were – they were excited to go back to play. We saw a play earlier in the highlights. Uh, didn't, re didn't reference it, but uh, Zach Wilson ended up with passing stats, rushing stats, and receiving stats on the day. He caught a ball from Jaron. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, we, we felt like that would be there. Again, again, a team that played a lot of man coverage, and, and in man coverage, um, typically there's no one covering the quarterback. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we just uh, – Zach is a great athlete. He can do a lot of things, and so is Jaron. And so – um, we want to continue to try to be creative in how we use both those guys. There was no scoring in the third quarter on Saturday, a quarter that saw BYU use scrum again on a fourth down late in the third of a tie game. What went into the discussion on whether to kick or go for it, and did the earlier success of scrum factor in right there? Yeah, it did, and that's one of those things that's really a staff decision. Ultimately, it always comes down to Kalani's decision. Mm -hmm. um, but we all felt confident in it. That's something that, that Coach Lamb really kind of oversees that, that scrum play and does a great job with it. And, and uh, 
you know, it was really close right there and came down to a, to a close measurement and, and didn't get in. They went to a review, and I, I just thought when I looked at the replays, I just couldn't get a clear enough view of where the ball was relative to the line, and they ended up calling it short, and that's the way it was. Fourth yeah. quarter, meantime, was a lot of fun. Uh, back and forth, and your play sheet was on fire in the fourth quarter because you averaged better than 10 yards of play in the fourth. Yeah, we started playing with a little bit more tempo and um, felt like for a team like them coming from sea level, it was a pretty warm day and felt like we could wear on them a little bit, and, and, uh, and our guys did a nice job of executing with it. What's, uh, what's your trigger for tempo? What's, uh, what kind of tells you when it's time to, to go a little bit? Sometimes it's what I see during the week in film, how quickly a defense gets aligned and how sound they are when teams play fast against them. Sometimes it's just a feel in the game. Sometimes if I feel like we have them on the ropes then, uh, and they look tired or struggling to get lined up, then, then I feel like it's time to go with it. It was really effective, which reminds me, there was a point in it when you were going fast, you were, you, you were tempoing, and, and there was a, kind of like a mystery break that was not really called by anybody, and it gave USC a chance to kind of catch their breath, and I never really got, a fi- I really never really figured out what was responsible for all that. Yeah, sometimes if the, if the ball goes out of bounds on our sideline or close to going out of bounds on our sideline, even if we don't sub, um, the refs hold it just to give them a, a fair shot to get their, their signal in from the sideline, I guess. And I think that happened a time or two. And then, and then there, was, there was once where we took a break to, to bring in a specific personnel group that we wanted for a specific play that ended up being successful. Uh, the drive that gave you back the lead took only three plays, and uh, two of the three showcased the talent of your sophomore starting quarterback, Zach Wilson. On the first play, he avoids uh, two defenders to step up, keep the eyes downfield, and find uh, Gunnar Romney. This play, what do you think about it? Yeah, it's tremendous. I mean, really poor protection, um, but it's nice to have a guy who can make a play when things break down, you know. And uh, Gunner, Gunner's the kind of guy that, that um, I think if you throw it up to him, he's going to come out, come down with it. So. I thought Zach did a great job of buying some time and then and then uh, great job by Gunner going up and catching the ball. Great concentration where that ball kind of hung up there for a little bit. Takes a good got, hit. He got hit pretty good, yeah, but held on to the ball. We had a couple of those on Saturday. Micah had one over the middle where, where he got jacked pretty good on a vertical seam and came down with the ball. So the toughness of our receivers is, 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 uh, is showing up. And then toughness of your quarterback on, on the quarterback draw from 16 yards for the score. Nice yeah. job by, by Zach. Yeah, it was a nice job setting it up, you know. Um, I thought he looked looked as if he was going to throw the ball, and then and then the timing was just right, and the line blocked it well, and and uh, and then he did a nice job accelerating and, and splitting a couple of defenders there at the end. The umpire's in good position for a tackle there, and uh, Zach does a good job to avoid him yeah. and get into the end zone. And uh, that's how BYU took a lead. Uh, their guy hits a 52-yarder that, I don't know, man, was it good from 60 maybe? He, he, he drilled it. And I'm not sure if you saw the field goal. You're... Yeah, actually, did, I did see that. Okay. I was really hoping <laughs> he didn't make it. I was getting my four-minute calls ready, but uh, we changed gears there. So uh, we go to overtime. When we come back, uh, Coach Grimes will talk about that second consecutive overtime celebration. We recognize his Offensive Player of the Week as well from the win over USC. This is the Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV. We're brought to you by JCWs. We're back with more right after this. Coordinator's Corner is brought to you in part by... JCW's The Burger Boys. Bailey's Moving and Storage. More than just a move. Siegfried and Jensen. Serving Utah families for over 25 years. 
We continue on the coordinator's corner with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes recapping a Saturday's 30-27 overtime win over USC. And Coach Grimes, as much fun as you had uh, winning in Knoxville, nothing beats a home stadium and home locker room celebration. That looked fun on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it, after it happened, <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't enjoying it uh, right there up until, uh, until we had that pick, and then we knew, but then, uh, then it was a lot of fun. Coach Tuiaki told me in the first segment that he likes to stay out of the dance circle for the most part. Where are you when all that's going on? On the fringe, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just close enough to say that I was involved, but <laughs> not so close that a lot of people actually see my dance moves. Okay. Some numbers of note from Saturday. Zero offensive three and outs. Yeah, that, I didn't even know that yeah. until, uh, until this morning. Fessy pointed it out to me. Um, but... Yeah, that's a, heck of, that's a heck of a deal. Uh, big plays. We'll call big plays in this instance uh, anything gaining 12 yards or more. And you had big plays on more than 20% of your snaps on Saturday. That's a good chunk. Yeah, and I, I think our players have continued to recognize the importance of making big plays, and, and we've been able, been able to do that high, at a higher rate this, this entire season than we did last year. So I think that's been a big part of, of our success in the games we've won. 7 of 16 on third downs, just under 50% where you want to be, and uh, plus 6 yards in average starting field position margin. BYU's now won 12 straight games when you're positive in that margin. And the great thing about that stat is it's not just an offensive stat. It's also a defensive stat, and it's also a special team stat. It's the ultimate team stat. Yeah, and I really felt like that's how we won this game on Saturday. We won it as a team, and I think it speaks to, to the culture of our team for, for what Kalani has, has created and, and what um, our players have have done is everyone's bought into doing their part and winning together and giving for each other. And I think that's honestly how you win the kind of games that we've won the last two weeks. BYU's on a nice winning streak as well when scoring 30 or more, good number to get to, and you got there Saturday. Six consecutive wins, and Kalani's teams are now 13-4 and four when positive in the turnover margin. It's great to be turnover-free, as you have been, but those are more rare than just being positive, and just positive is enough for you guys lately at least. Yeah, I think so, and I and Again, that's, that's a team thing. When our defense gets one, it gives us momentum. When we score, it gives the, the defense momentum, and they seem to play harder, and, and, um, and, and we feed off each other. Now, 100 yards is just a number, but that said, uh, Kalani's teams are now undefeated, 11-0 in home games when they get to 100 rush yards or more, and 22-7 and overall when that number's reached. Again, it's just a number, but it does speak to how well you're playing the game that day and how much, how much you're able to do. Yeah, I, I've always believed that you have to have balance on offense, and there are some days where you'll run a lot more, some days where you'll pass it a lot more, but I think for us, we have to have balance, and so when we can run the ball, then I think it allows us to throw it the way we'd like to. Somebody was asking me before the game about, uh, you know, that, just that very thing, balance and, and number of plays, because you'd been, you'd been 60 or under, I think, in three straight games going back to your bowl game. You, you snapped 74 plays which is a good number, and, and the balance was 40 and 35, roughly speaking, between, uh, between rush and pass. And games will differ in terms of what you want to get done. Do you have an idea of, of where you want to be in terms of plays run, or really does it really – because I bring back the bowl game, 52 plays, but they were all averaging about 9 or 10 yards of play, and you're running yeah. away from it. So you yeah. really can't look to that. Yeah, and, and like you said, the, the, the one scoring drive was three plays, yeah. and so it's hard to say. Um, but – I'd rather snap at more plays than fewer, and that was a big point of emphasis for our players this week was to get the ball snapped faster, and I felt like that was a big big part of our being able to establish some tempo. Ended up with the 74 plays on the day. All right, offensive player of the week for you. Who would you like? I thought Tyson had a really good game. Um, I thought he played hard. Even on some, some challenging two- and three-yard runs, I thought he was – 
He was um, he was productive, made the right cuts, ran physical, blocked as well, and, and I thought he had a really good game. At 117 yards from scrimmage, when you include his uh, reception yards as well, you see him with 99 rushing yards. That that 100-yard game will come, and there will be probably more of them. He's he's that good, right? Yeah, without question. He, and he's a he's a guy that I think is still you know he's still new to our system, new to our team, and so I think he's still growing and will only get better. Has he given you what you hoped you'd get from him when, when he was brought in? Yeah, yeah, he has. And, and like I said, I, I think he's, um, even though he's an experienced player, he's a new player with us, a new player within our system. So I think he's still growing and developing, and we'll see even more from him as the season progresses. And Soup's gotten a few snaps last two weeks after missing your opener. He has, and, and you know, honestly, I'm really pleased with him. All three of our running backs, you know. Peeney's filled a role and, and, uh, and done a nice job as well, so I'm pleased with the backfield. All right, time for a brief break, and as we take time out, we remind you that uh, for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, tune in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern time. Coming up in our final segment, Coach Grimes looks ahead to Saturday's matinee with the Washington Huskies and takes questions from Cougar Nation using hashtag CCBYU. You are in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Low snap, kick on its way, and through for three for Jake Oldroyd. Career long of 43, and BYU takes a 30-27 lead. So that was the game-winning field goal in overtime. I didn't, I didn't sound very excited because it wasn't yet the game-winning field goal. There was some stuff to happen still. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the coordinator's corner. That thing to happen was the Diane Gomoloku pick. We already established that you were not focused on Diane at that time. And just so folks are, are reminded... When the defense is on the field, your nose is in the play sheet, right, generally speaking? Yeah, we're having discussions. I'm talking with the other offensive coaches, players, and um, making adjustments to what they did, talking through the last series and, and kind of figuring out where I want to go next. We heard on the call there, low snap. Let's credit Hayden Livingston for actually doing a nice job to pull yeah, that thing up. Yeah, Hayden's done a great job there, and he's a, he's a really good player and a great kid, and, and I think we're going to see more of him um, in, in the years to come on this team. And again, Jake with the career long, as we noted, uh, 43, and he's good from longer than that. I think we'll see that at some point. All right, uh, your second straight-ranked Pac-12 opponent coming in this weekend, Washington Huskies. They shut BYU out for almost the entire game uh, last year in Seattle, played really well. They have some different personnel, but same D.C. Uh, what do you expect from UW? Really well-coached team. I've got a lot of respect for Coach Peterson and that whole staff. I know a number of those guys and have competed against them before, and it's a it's a good team. I mean, they're they're not um, Pac-12 champs for nothing. Um, they have they have uh, a lot of talent, and they're very well coached. So it'll be a great challenge for us, and excited for it too. Yeah, and uh, does anything that happened last year play into this year in terms of uh, what happened up in Seattle? I don't think so. Um, I think it's a new year and a new team, and they've got new players, and we've got new players, and we're a different offense certainly than we were when we played them. Yeah. Um, so. It'll, uh, I think it'll be a great matchup. And you've got confidence, too, and that's, not, that's no small thing. You've got two big wins in two back-to-back -back weeks that have you guys feeling good. Yeah, I think confidence and, and momentum in the game of college football is paramount to success. Okay, let's go to social media for uh, questions for Coach Grimes. Justin Whiting says, what have you noticed uh, with the wide receivers uh, that leads to them making so many good catches this year? They're playing great and making spectacular plays this season. And I'll just add parenthetically, a really low, low drop rate right now. Yeah, no question. You know, go back to 
uh, spring ball, I, I said to a couple of people that, that they were the position group that I was most pleased with coming out of spring ball. They've continued to work hard this summer. I think Fessy does a tremendous job coaching them. They hold high expectations for themselves, and they do a lot of things that nobody ever sees. They, they fake a jet sweep, and they run full speed and carry out their fake and give somebody else a chance to make a play. They block. Um, downfield and then they just make plays when you throw it to them and, and the fact that there are so many different guys who are making plays I think is a credit to the group. You've got a core group of five wideouts right now uh, that are making all your plays at that position. The sixth might be at least from camp Keanu Hill. Is he uh, going to see action this year for you do you think? Or? Um, yet to be seen. Yet to be seen. But yeah. the, the guys who are playing, those five though, have been solid in every, you know, every way, every facet. Yeah, yeah. I'm really pleased with all five of those guys. And then we see a little more from Moroni this past week as well. MLP made a, a nice grab yeah, and, uh, yeah. and a little was, hurdle on the sideline as well. It was great to get him back. And, and uh, you know, he played a few plays against Tennessee, but wasn't quite full speed yet. And honestly, I wasn't quite sure if he was really full speed or not. But obviously, he showed he's ready to make some plays. And I think we'll have an, uh, an even larger opportunity to, to keep him moving. Moving forward. Hopefully that hurdle is a sign that he's feeling good yeah. and can do it all, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, talked with Kyrus after the game. Uh, Kyrus comes in on the scrum formation. I know that Coach Lamb, that's kind of his baby, the scrum, but uh, is there any way at any time that uh, Kyrus would end up with the ball in his hands? I think there's <laughs> always a possibility for something like that. There's, I mean, this is America. We can do what we want to do, right? <laughs> That'd be fun to see at some point. Uh, Chris Isaacson on Twitter for Coach Lamb. Oh, by the way, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's Scrum doing his thing uh, for a score. And uh, I could have done a better job recognizing which number five was in the game at that point, by the way. I'm used to running back number five, not DB number we, five. We got a couple of pretty good number fives on our yep, team. Yep, yep. <laughs> Both making plays. Yeah, uh, from Chris, uh, what's the biggest difference uh, the offense has made to start scoring more uh, the last two games as opposed to maybe your opener? Um, well, we didn't turn the football over. And when you maintain possession of the ball, it gives you opportunities to continue drives. Um, then I think we've just been a little bit more, a little bit more consistent, a little bit more reliable. Haven't shot ourselves in the foot as much as we did um, that first game, and even at times last year. I feel bad that we haven't talked really enough about O-line on your appearances, um, but let's maybe give a, a status report on, on those front five and maybe how many guys you're playing right now and just where maybe they're you know, technically grading out, if you want to say it that way. Yeah, so seven guys have played this year, um, some more so than others. Um, our starting five um, are the five that, that, have, that have kind of proven to be the best at this point um, with Kiefer, and Harris rotating in some. In this last game, um, Brady Christensen again played really good. Um, Keanu Saliapanga played his best game. Obviously a, a motivational game yeah. for him, a yeah. kid from California, playing probably against a bunch of people that he knows. Um, but those two guys I thought played the best against a good team. And I think our group is continuing to grow. and. You know, when you have a new coach come in, there are some subtle differences in terms of the way that he communicates and teaches some things, and, and there's an adjustment period with that. But I think overall he's doing a great job, and I think the guys have really taken to him well. And so I'm pleased with the, with the progress of the group, but I, I still don't think we've reached our potential there. Okay. For a guy new to the BYU experience, by the way, and Coach Mateos, and what I follow just parenthetically on social media from him, it sounds like he really likes being a BYU. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> He's enjoying it, and, and, uh, and the guys are enjoying him. So it's, it's been a great fit. 
Okay, and by the way, how have you uh, adjusted to or enjoyed life up in the booth these days? Because that was not a thing for you for a long time. Um, no, it wasn't. And um, I'll just say I miss being on the sideline with the guys. Um, but yeah, I think it helps me call the game. Okay, you've been calling great games. Congrats on this past week, and hopefully you get another W here this weekend. We'll see you next week. All right, thanks, Greg. All right, that is offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. That is going to do it for this week's edition of The Coordinator's Corner. We're back with you next Monday at 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes returning, along with special teams coordinator Ed Lamb. For Coach Grimes and Coach Tuiaki, I'm Greg Rubel. We'll see you next week in The Coordinator's Corner. So long. Go Cougs. <laughs>